Good evening and welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here tonight. My name is Jessica and with me is my co-host Kelsey. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Was I'm it a doing Monday really well. Yep. It's been a Monday around here. We got drizzly weather. Same we do too. It's not exactly, uh, it's cold too. So cold oh, yeah. and rainy. <laughs> my mud needs hydrating. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like the, the pond in my backyard hydrating right. too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're joining us for the first time, um, I am an autism mom, um, and uh, I've just, uh, my son was diagnosed at a late date, and I just decided that this was a something I could do um, to tell others my story um, and hopefully give them some hope um, that it's not, it's not an easy uh, task, but we can all band together and keep going and also bring awareness what autism is. Um, I'm Kelsey. I'm a registered behavior technician and I am a special education teacher. So I err more on the technical side and I actually work with families and teach those with autism. And the reason we got connected was because of, well, Kelsey was actually an ABA therapist for us, um, for my son. Um, when well, you lived in the same area. We don't know. Um, but she was actually, I mean, ABA therapists, if they come into the home like Kelsey did for us, they become part of your family. Um, and you're with us for over two years. Yeah. Two I don't know how you put up with I don't know how you put up with us. I love y'all. <laughs> More like, how'd you put up with me? <laughs> oh, there was no putting up with. Anyway. Okay. So today, tonight, um, whenever you're listening to this, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the diagnosis part of autism, um, which is a lengthy process. Um, if you are lucky enough to um, have some signs early, what would those be? Um, so Diagnosing autism is extremely hard. Um, we'll get more into that. But there are some red flags that a, a friend can notice. Maybe you can notice as a parent. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even their peer can notice. Um, but some of the red flags would be not being able to respond to their name by a year old. Um, not pointing at objects or if they do have an object, they're clinging to it. Mm -hmm. um, for example, they're clinging to just um, Thomas the train, which is a big one. Mm -hmm. um, they don't play pretend games and they rather be by themselves and they don't interact. It's called joint attention, meaning you and I have joint attention right now because we're going back and forth. Right. Um, there's no joint attention, even if there's an object involved, maybe an iPad. Normally, if you're sitting down with another child uh, and they have an iPad, nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, hey, you see what's going on, on my iPad? A kid with autism or who might have autism um, may not do that joint attention. They may not even ask some of those social skills. Mm -hmm. um, Seven, the other ones, they get really upset about some minor changes. For example, instead of being able to go to uh, brush their teeth, then go to bed. And if you happen to say, hey, we need to eat before we brush or brush and then have something along those lines and the schedule gets slightly changed, you're going to have a meltdown. Now, that's a difference between 
a tantrum, and a meltdown. A meltdown yeah. is where they're unresponsive to you. None of the sensory items are of you helping you to have um, calm him down or they're not responding to you. That's a meltdown. A tantrum is trying to communicate something with you. Um, meaning I told you to do something and now you're going to kick and scream, but you're still responding to me. You haven't zoned out. Right. Um, so another big one is repeated words. So if I say, yeah. Hey, my name is Kelsey. What is your name? And they say, hi, my name is Kelsey. That's another big sign. Um, but these are just big red flags. Um, again, autism is a spectrum. Yes. So meaning you can go from your child being extremely high functioning, like yours, mm -hmm. for example, and right. you didn't even know until later on, or right. you have the severe side, you know, right before the age of three. Um, right. What's some of the signs that you've seen, Jess? Um, uh, I, well, I, I saw um, in my first um, encounter with autism, it was nonverbal, um, no, you know, by the age of three, still in diapers, which actually is somewhat not even a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, potty training in, uh, in boys is difficult. We all know that. <laughs> Those of us who have boys, um, it's just, um, and then, um, you know, hearing the sounds now, um, I can see where my son, you know, Thomas the train, one of the first toys we got for uh, my son was Thomas the train and he held onto that thing for dear life. Um, and we could not pry it out of his hands unless he was asleep right. almost. Right. Um, let's see. Um, he would echo us really bad. Um, I thought he was deaf at one point in time because he would not respond to his name. Um, it was like the third or fourth time before I could get him to respond. Uh, the social skills when they get older is a big thing. You'll notice that they never, um, like my son always had a problem uh, being in a group and playing together and taking turns, mm -hmm. um, being able to, you know, kindergarten was so rough on him. Um, taking his turn being line leader. He wanted to be right. line leader all the time. All the time. Yep. That, that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's, there's all sorts. And, and like, I mean, as the saying goes, when you've seen one person with autism, you've seen one person one with autism. With autism. One. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's why it's a spectrum disorder and not um, a specific thing because every, every autistic person is different in their mm -hmm. own little way, just like we're all unique. We're all unique. And talking about unique, um, I seen a meme the other day, and I hope we post it on our Instagram. I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, guys, check out our uh, um, Instagram. Instagram. Instagram, My <laughs> Spectrum Life, or our Facebook, My Spectrum Life, or Twitter.com, My Spectrum Life One. Um, if you do, I will give um, our behind the scenes guy um, our little meme. But it said the meme the other day, and seeing how unique we are, and how unique um, kids with autism are, is mm -hmm. that they're not different and they're not supposed to be put on something. But what they ended up saying was, hey, they're just a different different operating system. And I absolutely love that. How many love Mac? How many love Windows? And they're both different operating oh, yeah. systems. And then kids with autism are just different operating I, yeah. systems. So <laughs> yeah. I just want to share that. <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and that's, you know, I in one of my first blog posts, I had written some blog posts uh, a couple years back uh, when I was playing around with this idea. Um, one of the things was it's like kind of like they're aliens coming down to earth and everything else is crazy. Um, so 
you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, life is different. Um, and interpreting their world, um, for them to interpret the world around them is difficult. But Mm -hmm. when they let, when they let you into their world, it's a huge honor. It is an honor, such an honor. Cause they're sure. And the way I love it is my world is colored and Mm -hmm. completely painted so many different colors, just because I know these kids with autism and they explain things in such different ways. I'm just like, why didn't I think of that? That's so cool. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's great. Sometimes, you know, Curtis will come up with a, a, description of something i'll be like I, it, it'll totally blow me away yeah and then oh, yeah. the next minute we're back to who knows what <laughs> like um that's okay um <laughs> gotta speak- love them though exactly just like we just got off a of topic here on my bad um oh, no so speaking of which so some of these are some of these signs so let's go over again mm-hmm. some of the symptoms are you know um, clinging to items too much um right. not being able to be flexible in their schedule Mm -hmm. Um, not responding to their name or they're repeating everything you're saying and not having joint attention or social skills Mm -hmm. at an appropriate page level. Um, with that being said, what happens if you do recognize some of these, what did you do when you did recognize some of this? What was your first step that you ended up doing? I, the first thing I had to do was, now I do remember we knew that something was not quite right. And we weren't sure what to do and what it was. And we were kind of stumbling along, trying to find our way, not knowing, you know, you don't necessarily know how to ask a a pediatrician about that. Because when they talk about your, um, oh, the little papers that you fill out every time you go to the pediatrician's office, it's like, are they walking? Are they talking? Are they wetting their bed? Are they not? What is, are they doing this? Are they doing that? All that kind of stuff, and so right. there's not a thing, a box to check. Um, is there social? Are they getting social skills? Are they right. repeating things? You know, so I was kind of at a loss, and we happened to be at our at our church. We had a um, retired psychologist who she had a grandson who was Asperger's. Okay, and she she told us he's he's on the spectrum. You need to get him tested. And so I started researching a little bit about autism and then I had to, I found the differentiation between where my benefits for my insurance company might lie because okay. there's, um, an, the autism is a neurological thing. So mm-hmm. it falls under mental health. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to check your mental health benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that I first had to call the insurance company. I was like, okay, I think my kid has autism. Who do I talk to? And they're like, right. well, I don't know. You know, for a little bit, I got passed around and finally got to the mental health. And then that, now that was, um, that was, uh, four years ago. No, yeah, it's been four, five years, um, four years ago. So that was just after, so, um, the diagnostic tool um that most psychologists will use is called the dsm-5 right um let me read this here um and i'm getting this off some papers that i had printed off from uh, psychiatry.org that you had told me about that gave a little bit of uh things about and then this one the link to some of these is really long so we'll put that in the show notes it wouldn't have been lower um lower thing but um it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. 
Um, and that's where everything comes out of for your, um, your uh, autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Now, I know, you know, at first that might be a bit of a shock that it's a mental health issue um, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bag stigma that goes with mental health. There is health. a lot of bag stigma, unfortunately. And it, hopefully, though, I think and I hope and pray that the tides are turning with that. Right. Um, and the reason it's, you know, a mental health thing is you can't test autism. There's no blood test. There's no x-ray, no x marks the box. You know, we can look and see if, you know, we can't take an x-ray for it. Mm -hmm. You can't do an MRI. Mm -hmm. Not going to tell you. I mean, there's some interesting things that can come up with um, different types of M MRIs. Um, Temple Grandin's one that talks about that. Yes. She's yeah. amazing. Uh, Dr. Temple Grandin is a pioneer in the autism field. Um, but um, it is a mental health um, issue. And that's where those benefits are going to come into mm -hmm. play. And so I had to find a psychologist that was equipped to diagnose. Okay. And um, now you, you actually found something out the other day that I thought was something brand new to me about who can now diagnose, and this is new information. Yes. Who can now diagnose autism? Yes. So before the DMS-5, um, if you have our book, A Practical Guide to Autism by Fred R. Volkmere. Yep. Um, this, this is was, a recommendation. Yep. Um, this is... Um, by the way, all, if anybody who has a special ed degree will get, end up getting this book. <laughs> so we study <laughs> out of this in the state of South Carolina. Um, um, but speaking of which they refer to the DMS four, which was made in 2009, which was what you stated was that a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, is the only one that can give you that diagnosis during with the DMS four. Well, in 2013, they updated the DMS-4 and now known as the DMS-5 and what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And what it states is that not only can clinical um, psychologists can do that, but a neurologist now can um, identify a kid with autism a, um, if they feel comfortable enough and well-experienced enough. A um, pediatrician can now can. Behavior your, mm -hmm. Behavioral pediatrician. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a difference between pediatrician and behavioral pediatrician. So your behavioral pediatrician. Yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I was going to with that. Um, it's, oh, and the, the yeah. psychologist like I went to or the psychiatrist, correct? Mm -hmm. Psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. A psychiatrist can now too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, so there's actually four diagnostician, diagnosticians, I think is the word, people that can diagnose. Let's go with that. <laughs> Um, they can diagnose. Yep. Um, and that is, that was totally new to me. But, you know, for my insurance, I had, we had insurance through my husband's job at that point in time. They required it to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a psychologist that was in network that could diagnose um, and then start there. And if you have, one thing I will tell you, if you have a child that you think is autistic um, on the spectrum, or you've mm -hmm. already had that uh, diagnosis, be prepared to write Yep. and answer a bajillion questions constantly. So what uh, type of doctor diagnosed your child? 
Uh, mine was a psychologist. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then uh, you'll you'll be asked to you know fill out tons and tons of forms. Um, and one of the other tips I can throw out there for you is start yourself a binder system mm -hmm. and file every single piece of paper you get from your doctors and your insurance talking about different things, um, especially if you are in a state that is fortunate to have TEFRA insurance. Mm -hmm. um, you need to make sure you have all your documentation for that. Um, or if you're fortunate enough, um, I know this, this one took, this was a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, yet, I mean, I was just, it was just me being, I guess, from, uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of a, a thing going on, but, uh, we have qualified for Medicaid and it's not bad when you have a special needs child to be on Medicaid because that means they're going to help pay for all of those, um, mm -hmm those services and um, services are expensive. They are. It is Very. almost what we came up with almost 60,000 for the life of their childhood. So what we yeah. came up roughly about just for all the different services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like what 175 bucks every time they came out to the house was what they build my insurance company or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but it's, it's over a hundred dollars that it gets built uh, mm. per hour. I think. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, and then, you know, of course it just insurance, um, you know, takes whatever off and all that kind of stuff. So, but, um, having a state Medicaid or TEFRA insurance is great. Sometimes there are, um, insurances through, um, your work, some, some of the insurance companies that are through employment will cover, uh, services for our for autism, some will not. Again, mm -hmm. you got to check your health, uh, your mental health benefits to find that out. Um, but once you have, um, you've checked that out, um, a test is not like, you know, a go in and see the doctor for 15 no. minutes and get the diagnosis. No. no. It's not even a 30 minute thing. It's like hours. Um, yep. Our appointment was four hours. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, we, we first went, we were referred to a behavior pediatrician and then we okay. went to a, um, uh, yeah. And, uh, sorry, behavioral pediatrician who then referred us to a, uh, psychologist. And it, it was confusing because in the, ch in the, um, children's hospital that we were on it was mm -hmm. the same hallway. We just went to one a different room the than we did room. last time. Wow. So, yeah, and there's, I mean, and there's a lot of benefits um, that do come with the diagnosis, and I said, and this is the time where you definitely want that label. Mm-hmm. When, now, you, how do you feel about having a label? Because I know there's some stigma to having mm -hmm. a label. So, how do you feel as a parent? How do you feel? Because as an educator, I think it's the best thing in the world because now you're getting all these services being able to be paid for and things like that. Now in the real mm -hmm. world, if you're not in the educational setting or you're not getting your therapies, nobody has to know that they have to have that label. Right. So how do you feel about that? How do you coming from a parent point of view? Cause that that's hard because you want your kid not to be anything wrong with them. You're right. not saying that 
having autism is wrong. I'm just saying you don't want to have a label or a diagnosis. Right. You know what I'm saying? So how do you yeah. feel about that? Um, well, at first, you know, you kind of, it's a relief because then you, fi- you figure out what's going on. And then you really want to say something because people really understand it. And it's, you know, my, my thing came from, I knew I needed that label. I needed to have the label for all of the insurance purposes. And I found out that for, um, uh, for, thank you, Carol, (laughs) that for, um, and I think that's Kelsey too, that she's saying that for both of us, we thank you. (laughs) Um, it was in, in, for medical insurance, but also in the educational world, you have to have that That label because Mm -hmm. when you can say, my child is autistic. I have my 14 page diagnostic paperwork. Then they have to test you and write it up in your IEP. And then it's like, look, I have an IEP. Exactly. Follow it. Exactly. So I haven't, because of the extreme um, differences in social interaction, um, my, it's always been, beneficial i i when i come into groups um like i will take the leader of the group aside and say you know hey because it's not it's not fair to say you know a youth group leader to say mm-hmm. just drop your kid off and not say anything have fun. <laughs> yeah and, and then they act out they're like what is going on what was um, all i said uh, was hi what are you doing what's yeah. going on <laughs> Yeah, so I always make sure to take the leader aside and say, okay, my child's autistic. Um, These are some of the things that come with him being autistic because, you know, one of the first things you get, well, he doesn't look autistic. (sighs) Okay. Um, (laughs) That's that's no fun there. Um, But uh, I want to give, warn them. And then um, I decided or my husband and I decided to talk to um, our son um, because, you know, as old as he is, he knows he's autistic. Right. And so we said, well, what do you feel? Yeah. Having that self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I want people to know I'm autistic. Okay. And he, from day one, the first day I walked on the ha- house, hi, I'm Curtis and I have autism. Did you know that? Now I did. Thank you. <laughs> that was the first time I ever met him. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah, I still remember he, that to that day. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, it's sometimes he um, he can kind of use it a little bit of a. Yeah, uh, we all do. Yeah, we all use some of our things, uh, anything that we have, crutches. Yeah. Uh, but I just, you know, and he has really felt the need. Um, if you can see um, in the background uh, there, the, the, the graphic that looks like there's hands reaching towards each other with the puzzle pieces on them. Mm-hmm. Um, what that was actually inspired by an artwork um, that my son did. Um, he came home, he had to do, he, he came home one day and he had to do a picture of his hand and he had to draw around it. And then they were supposed to like draw something inside the hand and help tell something about themselves. Well, for his artwork that, and I didn't even know he did it until he got home, he drew, traced his hand, and then he drew the puzzle piece. Oh, that's awesome. And colored them different colors. 
And then he, um, his little piece said, you know, something you may not know about me is I'm autistic. And he explained some things about him. And when he brought that home, I just, I started crying. I mean, I was just one of those, okay. You know, and for him, he's wanting people to know. Right. It's okay. You know, I'm autistic and I'm, I'm proud because it's who I am. Exactly. It's exactly who they are. You don't, you don't change them. You just help them cope with Mm -hmm. their, um, I hate using the word symptoms, but cope with some of their things that they're struggling with. And that's all you're doing. You're not changing them. You're just finding ways to cope. The world can change around them instead of them Mm -hmm. changing for the world. And I'm a huge believer in that. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, with diagnose, diagnose, getting the diagnosis. The diagnosis? Yes. Thank you. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I apologize. <laughs> it's a Monday for us. It's a Monday. <laughs> um, did you ever come across um, with the doctor saying, no, that he doesn't have it? Um, what do you recommend if you come across a doctor and you know deep down in your heart that this child has autism? What What do you suggest in doing? Uh, one of the things that... Um... I, I always make sure and look really deeply, deep into, you know, the bios and information that I can find on doctors. because You want to make sure that they are an experienced doctor. Um, not, you know, that being said, um, my son was diagnosed at a medical university. Right. But everything that his behavioral pediatrician that was in residence did they had to go back and report to uh, the doctor in residence that day. And then that doctor came back in and said, okay, yeah, you know, your doctor said this, this, and this, we're going to go ahead and do this. So I knew that they were getting that. uh, Right. Right. Yeah. That feedback. So I knew that was correct. Um, Some of the other, you know, sometimes I, I guess it's, you just really got to make sure that somebody has a few years under their belt. Mm-hmm. or really studied at a good place or knows uh, your child with your history a good yes. bit. Um, but you yes. definitely want to look in your back to back your doctor's background. And mm-hmm. even though we are not doctors and we can only give you tips and oh. how to get this diagnosis, cause we cannot diagnose and you yourself cannot diagnose it again. No. It has to be that psychologist, that clinical mm-hmm. uh, pediatrician or your behavior psychologist, anything that's listed in the DMS five, um, again, go back to our notes. Sorry, and, that's my docs. <laughs> um, in our show notes in that link, and it'll tell you who you can. I personally recommend if it's, if you don't agree with it, go get a second opinion. Oh, yeah. Definitely go get a second opinion. And find Definitely. the one that eventually gets it. So your kid doesn't suffer until I had a um, one of my mom's friends. Um, she didn't get that. Di- her daughter didn't get diagnosed until after she was 2021. 20, and she has Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't get diagnosed until later and no one knew, no Mm -hmm. one. And so all these years, granted, she's doing phenomenal for herself, Mm -hmm. but you could ultimately do a disservice for your own child. With that Mm -hmm. being said, you're your child's voice. Yes. Advocate for them. If you don't agree with the teacher, advocate with them, talk to them, get them to get what your your child and what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, always be the type of parent to um, if, if, uh, in the doctor's office, your opinion and your feedback as if they're not asking for your feedback and asking, okay, so how are things going? 
um, all of that kind of information, uh, and they're wanting your feedback, go get a second opinion. I would mm-hmm. say go get a second opinion because it is important for them to know what's going on at home. Just right. as, you know, I had to give a lot of extra information to you for the time that, I mean, because of course you didn't live with us. Right. Um, <laughs> um, you were only there at that time of the day. So mm-hmm. after that, to help have that ABA therapy work and my doctors wanted it too, those hours that you weren't there, what was happening? What was going on? Did right. you find the stigma? Um, mm-hmm. The doctors always wanted, our behavioral pediatricians always had a form for us to fill out. Okay, mm-hmm. on medication, are they doing this, 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 and this? How were they? How well are they doing? How are they not doing? Are there any mm-hmm. complaints? What's going on? And they want our input, and we need to be willing to make that input. And you need to be able to work really well with that doctor or psychologist or whatever um, to make sure that you're... Uh, you can do what's best for your child um, right. or uh, what's best for the person you're taking care of. I mean, they may not be a child, uh, right? Yeah. Um, but, one of our question goes, if your child has been diagnosed, what age were they? Mine was seven. Okay. So in the state of South Carolina, I don't know in any other states because I'm formally trained in the state of South Carolina. You could not be labeled with the autism label until age three, unless it is so severe enough that you can be labeled. Um, Mm -hmm. With that being said, you could still get early intervention underneath mental health services and some of your insurances. They Mm -hmm. label a certain um, diagnosis, and I cannot remember me for the life of me today, Um, but it is labeled. And so... At age three, when they get re reevaluated, because mm-hmm. you still have to get evaluated every three years, um, mm-hmm. even if it's not an educational diagnosis, you still have to get reevaluated every three years. Um, with that being said, at that age three mark, they're going to determine which label you will carry or that child will carry. Mm-hmm. And it keeps going until age six. By age six, when they start school, they should have a proper diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um that was one of the things that I came up against um, trying to find some services here in Tennessee. They're like, well, if you haven't had your diagnostic, um, you know, appointment done in the last two years, you need to go back and uh, redo that appointment. I'm like, well, he didn't grow out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't grow out of it. Um, With that being said, um, I know that we're going to get into it more um, next um, podcast there is two types of diagnosis. You have your mm-hmm. original medical diagnosis, and then you have an educational diagnosis. With that being said, educational diagnosis, if you get reavowed every th- three years, you don't have to update your medical because mm-hmm. the school psychologist uses history in the DMS-5 mm-hmm. every three years to keep that diagnosis. Just wanted to Make yeah. that clear. And I didn't know about that and how closely that um, actually insurance companies will work with the school system until like I had never seen this um, in, in South Carolina. I didn't see that the um, uh, TEFRA wasn't really getting information. They did mm-hmm. have a TEFRA program there. And TEFRA is is a nationwide program that states can have, but your state has to opt in. Mm-hmm. For instance, I now reside in the state of Tennessee. Um not have the TEFRA program. Do not even have the Kate Beckett waiver 
yet. Mm. Still working on that. Um, but they do have a, their Medicaid program does cover um, these, the, the uh, mental health side of the Medicaid does cover autism services. So I'm, thankfully I'm covered there. Um, oh, but, God. you know, and it's, it's a state to state thing. So it is you do have state. to check. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's going to require um, a lot of time on, as my, my husband likes to call it, ignore, where you get to listen to that. <laughs> the lovely uh, elevator music for forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but calls- that being said, the same website that we gave to you in our show notes from the psychiatry, mm-hmm. it also tells you how often you have to, your um, frequent asked questions. Um, again, our show notes are on myspectrumlife.com. If you served, uh, uh, search that website, it should tell you in what state and how, what, and kind of give you more of the um, parameters each state mm-hmm. offers yeah. and be able to help you out a little bit more than we can. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and, you know, I... I we're we're just a we're just a little little podcast right now. There's no employees. There's just the two of us. So you're gonna have to do some more for okay, three, because I do have my producer husband back there. <laughs> I'll give him some credit. He is um, doing all these awesome tags that you see come up with the teal and yes. everything like this. So yeah, he does a, a lot of thing. work behind the scenes. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Thank God, because I don't think it would be where it's at right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so um, we can provide you with some websites and things to look at, um, mm-hmm. but we don't have enough manpower at this point in time to, you know, list everything for right. all fifty states. So, but it's um, it's a, it's a little bit of a job to try to find out that information for each state. Um, and I'm doing the best I can for, you know, what I'm having to do here in Tennessee. Um, it, even though, you know, there were, seems to be a little bit more, um, well, finding, finding the autism community. And after you get that medical diagnosis and you're checking into your insurance, you have to go back to them and check what services that they will cover. Right. Um, whether they cover ABA, whether they cover um, occupational therapy uh, for sensory processing disorder. Um, that's that's something that plays into a lot with autism. Um, that and the occupational therapy, not quite sure exactly sometimes where that's going to lie. So you really yep. have to talk to your insurance. Um, when you're with um, a state or government plan, um, yeah, that um, with, uh, I don't know, don't know if it's, necessary. well, yeah, Tefra was government, but the state paid it out. So it's the same thing anyway. Um, I had to go through the step process. <laughs> um, they do cover your occupational therapy. Um, before we were able to get on Tefra in South Carolina, we were paying for OT out of our pocket. We had no benefits for that. Um, mm. Of course, you know, there was a, they only allowed a certain amount to mm-hmm. be billed to you, but it was it was almost oh, I want to say it was like sixty sixty five dollars every time we went in for one hour, and we were going in yeah, twice yeah. a week. So that's mm-hmm. just one of the therapies you require. That's one hundred thirty dollars a week. Yeah, mm. that's um, a big bill. Yeah, 
that is a light bill <laughs> compared to all the stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it's, and, and I know it's difficult sometimes if you don't know that those other um, state programs are available to you, especially if you have a special right. um, child. Well, once um, you do get your diagnosis, even if you go into getting, and let's say you checked out your mental health benefits and you turn around, you went with the DMS-5, you went and got everything checked off and they say, hey, intern goes, yeah, we'll pay for ABA, OT and PT. Even those three are still going to have to have their own evaluations done. So you're going to yes. have to sit there and go again through some of these evaluations, the, eliminating yep. what they know, what they don't know, and where they're at to be able to help them out. So it's even yep. then, once you even get the diet, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You still oh, yeah. have it all the oh, way down. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a lengthy process. And so that's, you know, that's never keep, it's keep a journey. A it's a journey, big time. Yes, it is. You do want to keep a binder. I've seen that binder multiple times, and I think it's the <laughs> coolest thing. Um, I've actually shared it with some of my um, teachers. I've actually shared it with some of my other parents. And I'm like, this is the best thing. I know for IEPs, like a lot of times you have IEPs. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and label what school term it is. Put it mm -hmm. in there. Get every Medicaid form that you have. Put it yep. in there. I've seen it and it's so organized. And so when you do have to switch states or you have to switch mm -hmm. or, hey, I have a history of this and this and this. You automatically have that document right then and there. And it's organized. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the coolest idea that you ever came up with, by I the actually way. That. <laughs> That's actually not my idea. <laughs> a friend of mine, um, she had, um, her kids had uh, educational plans. And she said, hey, get yourself a binder and put all that information together because, you know, you need to keep everything going with the it school teachers, and I thought man, you know what uh, I'm gonna put school I'm gonna put everything in in any everything there so um yeah it just it's um it's been it's also intimidating I found out it that is. when I take my big old bag of binders and I thunk it down on the floor beside me in an IEP meeting they knew I meant business they do <laughs> and teachers to be honest and as Ugly as a truth it is, being on the teacher side, I don't. I treated all my parents with the same. But some teachers ultimately give you more respect just because you know the jargon, the terminology, mm -hmm. and you kept your records all in order. And it's just mm -hmm. like, really, you couldn't have done this with somebody who didn't. But they do. It's mm -hmm. it makes a different team. It makes a different um, dynamic within the right. team at the school. Mm -hmm. Well, and then it knows. I guess I. Not only that they know that you mean business, yeah. that you are there for your child. You're not going to let anything slip through the cracks. Nope. Um, and and that's that's what advocacy is all about. It is. Now, would you ever um, kind of go and think outside the box here with you? We're talking about self-advocacy and diagnosis. Would you ever teach Curtis how to use that binder so he can take it eventually one day and advocate for himself? Maybe. But we're... we're we're still not um, figuring out how to put the dirty clothes in the dirty clothes hamper. So would you recommend they, it for somebody who's 16, 17, 18, maybe? Yeah. If they're older and they do um, and they have learned, I mean, one of the skills that uh, my son lacks is what's called executive functioning skills. Yep. And those are those organizational skills and some more things. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we're still working on those. But if the executive functioning skills of 
you know, an older child is getting to where they can understand where to look in that binder for certain things, I would say go for it because once they turn 18 and they want to move out or they go to college, they're going to have to see doctors up there. They're going to need to have that information. And so if they have that binder with all the information, you know, Mm -hmm. what if, for instance, you know, I'm in Tennessee and Curtis decides to go to a college out of state. Well, hopefully by that time he can have a copy. I'll give him a copy. I would not give him the original. Don't don't give the originals. (laughs) Don't ever make sure you have a copy. (laughs) Always. Uh, Yeah. Duplicate, triplicate sometimes is required. (laughs) But um, have those um, and, you know, let them teach them how to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I really don't want to have to follow him around to every appointment <laughs> for the rest of his life. He, he can good. function. Um, I'm fortunate to have a high functioning. I know there are those out there who have much lower functioning and they will right. have to be with their child continually um, until such day comes as they have to put them in a home. Um, sad as that may be, uh, or with other relatives, but um, you know, well, yeah, I don't have to worry about that quite yet. So that's good. I- I'm gonna, I'm not enjoy gonna enjoy it while it lasts. And yes, hey, yep. we're only in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good tip. I tell my parents all the time, even after you get this diagnosis, because even though I'm not a parent and you are, and you've actually walked this journey, um, I see it all the time. I have to help parents understand their own diagnosis, understand their diagnosis of their child. Um, and just like say, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. You know, and just kind of cope and help them see the positives of it. With that being said, I always tell my parents, enjoy this, why this lasts, enjoy them while they're talking, enjoying, as we said, once you've entered their world, there's no turning back. It Mm -hmm. is a journey down and it's fun. It's an awesome journey. Yeah. It's fun. It's not the same journey that everybody else has. No. But it's your own unique journey. And that's that's the that's the great thing about it. And that's mm-hmm. why, you know, if you if you can, oops, sorry, um, you know, go out and get some autism books um mm-hmm. and read up on it so you know what to do. Or check them out of your library if you if um if if purchasing them isn't an option. Totally get that. Um I think my husband was just didn't have such so anything around. Um, but I'm a reader. I love to read. I love my books. Um, but you know, there, there are many publications and things out there that you can get your hands on. Um, and as always, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, you know, make sure, I mean, there are some out there that will have some interesting, uh, ideas. (laughs) So, you know, make sure it's, um, age appropriate and community safe. Yes. Um, and I mean, just like, you know, at the end of my diagnostic paperwork, our um, psychologist gave us um, a reading list and recommended, some, uh, you know, some things to read. And um, some of them were on parenting and how to discipline your child and things like that. And so I tried get them, getting some of the books um, from my library and I got them and I read a few pages and I'm like, mm, this doesn't work for me. This is not the, not doesn't fit my lifestyle. So let's find something new. And so I go on to the next one. And that's that we have a world of books, um, 
lots of information at her fingertips. So, you know, see what you can find that's going to help you mm -hmm. and help you cope and help your child um, succeed. Yeah. And it always helps to have. Uh, always have what? Friends that get you and get this yeah. journey. Community. Community is a big thing. And that's what we do. Part of my spectrum life is trying to get mm -hmm. that community pulled back in and have those resources that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's one of our biggest, mainest goals that what we're doing is mm -hmm. trying to provide that. So, yes, that's really good. Thank you. Well, what would you say in kind of a brief wrap up for tonight? Um, I say tonight is read up on your flags of autism. If your child has not been diagnosed and you have, um, uh, concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other one is study up on the DMS five. Um, the DMS five is administered by four different, um, people, which is your behavior psychologist or behavior pediatrician, your psychologist, your, Doctor, your what? Psychiatrist, psychiatrist, and neurologist. Right. Um, and then if you don't agree with what they say, go get a second opinion because you're an advocate for your child. Mm -hmm. Um, well, how about you? Um, make sure that you check your um uh, mental health benefits uh, benefits in your insurance um policy, um, mm -hmm. because that's where your uh, autism benefits come from. Um, yeah. let's see. Um. Be, get a binder, get a few binders. Don't get anything less than two inches. I'm just telling you. <laughs> be organized, be organized, be organized. organized. Yes. Make sure you have all of the documentation with you because that way you can just say, oh, you want this piece of paper? Then you can just, you know, Here take it, it out. Here, make a copy and bring me back mine, you know, or scan it and send it. Um, that is always helpful. And Remember that, you know, part of the, uh, just the first step is getting that, securing that medical, um, oh, yeah. Good job, program. Here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Make sure you check your state programs, um, as to whether you have, you're a TEFRA state, Kate Beckett state, or mm -hmm. none of the above. Um, TEFRA and Kate Beckett are two specific programs, uh, and the insurance, the Kate Beckett waiver is a specific, um, waiver for autism or um yeah for for uh oh i can't remember the wording on it but um i can get that information up and tefra is a type of insurance that is administered through your state that pays for your uh autistic um all your services um so check and see if those are available see what your insurance company if you have insurance through uh your employer if not um you're like me and get to navigate the healthcare.gov. Wow. Um, that can be a nightmare, but um, keep a positive uh, outlook. Up, outlook. Yeah. It's not, it's all, I, always darkest before the dawn. That's how it's, the a it's, it's a, a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. There's ups and downs and, well, as we say here at My Spectrum Life, with a lot of faith, love, and fidget, fidget toys. toys. <laughs> and there's no, no um, 
shortage of fidget toys around here. Yeah. Um, you can make it. Uh, you can. Our next podcast, we are actually going to come be coming back next week on March 2nd, talking about educational diagnosis and the IDEA. And there will be a lot of information there. Um, Elsie will have a lot of that information. Um, and I'll be able to throw in my experience um, and a lot of things about what to look for uh, per state. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, we want to say have a good evening. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. Karen. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Dad. Dad. We'll see you guys next week at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Eastern. Thank you. Thanks.